Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Dom time. Good Friday. Uh, Jeff Andrews stopping by at 1 o'clock at 12.15. Linda Kearns, our go-to... On the issue of mail-in balloting, election law, she had a big victory this week in Delaware. Got a couple things to talk with her about, like the guy with his Mr. Softy truck running around in Montgomery County, the commissioner who wants to go to everybody's house, allegedly, probably only Democrats, if their mail-in ballot is messed up. But I want to start with uh, something from Morning Joe that was just the epitome. It was Mika. And two pointy talking heads saying, with a new book out, they were just releasing it, the greatest threat to America is white, is rural or white rural, let me get it right here, white rural rage. That is the greatest threat to America, okay? Now, we're going back to 2016 when it started up there and they were caught a little bit unaware Hillary talked about the basket of deplorables. Out of that election, that's the thing more than almost anything Trump said, et cetera, that stood out, that grabbed people and did not go away. People still use it today. And that was the Trump base by and large. And the argument was this is flyover country, these forgotten towns and all that. These people are just racist. What the hell's wrong with them? Get with the program. We diminish them every single day, and then we wonder why they're angry. Also, why don't they get it? Democrats are going to give you something. Why don't you get that? And still to this day, the two guys that did this uh, book that's making news, saying the same kinds of things, only saying it's even worse. Now they're the biggest threat to America. Now, we don't reach fully. Although at certain times of day, we certainly would reach rural, so-called rural Pennsylvania, which is one of the biggest epicenters of this across that belt, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and the like, very rural. 
Um, why? Why are these people so attracted to President Trump? Some of these counties in Pennsylvania might go 80% or more for him. Well, could it be you can't just buy people with all your cockamamie infrastructure bills and everything else? There are values involved here. They don't like the direction of the country. They don't like people mocking them in every official academia, Hollywood, TV, film, politics, up and down the line. They're the only one where, due to our wokeness, that can be joked about, that can be mocked, and you can still get away with it. All right, so listen to these two guys breaking down how bad are these people that are white, that are in rural America. Joining us now, professor of political science at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, Tom Schaller, and journalist and opinion writer Paul Waldman. Their new book, Out Tomorrow, is entitled White Rural Rage, The Threat to American Democracy. And Tom, we'll start with you. Uh, why are white rural voters a threat to democracy at this point? You would think, as we pointed out, looking at Joe Biden's background and Donald Trump's, that that. The opposite would be true. Oh, 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 hold it mean, right, hold it right there. Hold it right there. <laughs> nice try, Mika. So they're going to bond with Joe Biden because he's a big mouth, lunch pail head guy that goes around telling him about the unions and all that. Look at him stumbling around yesterday, looking at no scar. Hi, good morning. Well, good afternoon. Having a palm card. They should have written it on his hand like he was a kid with a test. Just to have a little back and forth with the people. He can't do that. So he's the everyman. Donald Trump is just some billionaire. Is that first contention there? Why in the world can't Joe Biden bind with these people? How many hours do we have? I should do a top 10 on the reasons why he can't, or any Democrat, but particularly one with Bidenomics. Uh, DJ got tickets for us last night. We went to the Drexel game. It's a pretty good game. It's a nice arena. And Henry at halftime. Now, look, I'm not one of those guys. Well, maybe I am. I'm not going to beat this to death. But what did they do at halftime? You know, they have all kinds of contests. They had a layup. Then you shoot the foul shot. Then you shoot the three-pointer. Then you try to heave it from a half right, court. Right. They did that. Um, they did stuff like how many bricks are in here. You know, you got a pizza. But then they started doing what the cost of things is. And they had it up on the big screen, and there was guessing around that. How much did it cost before versus now? I was ready to scream out, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Bidenomics! <laughs> Why would a bunch of college kids at halftime find it entertaining? They had some kid up there with long hair, and he was a hockey guy. And he had to guess, was the price this at this point, and why did it go up, and all the back and forth, or how much? It's on the minds, right? That's yeah. what it tells me. Why would that be the game they choose to play? That, at that is kind of crazy to think about. I've never seen anything like that. And the sec- that's the second game we went to this year. They did it previously huh. at the other game. That was only one of three or four things they did during 20, 25 right. minutes. And these are budding communications people, et cetera. So I was uh, ready to go down and give them some advice. Yes, that was a great choice. Now just connect the dots. Have a big picture come up. The, the final uh, frame could be, which one of these caused this by your applause? Put up Trump and then put up Biden. And then ask which one caused it. <laughs> if only it were that easy. Oh, yes, exactly. We could reach a lot of people there.
but they got the idea. They were doing that at halftime last night. There's a um, there's a figure that doesn't get enough attention, but it is now because it's a critical figure. It's put out by the University of Michigan. It's called Consumer Sentiment. And this is just asking people how they feel about the economy overall and maybe somewhat, even more importantly, their own economy, their own household. It was supposed to tick up a little bit more, meaning getting better for Biden. And in fact, it was expe- expected to go to a 79.6 today and what uh, fell to 76.9. This is the first time in a few months that it hasn't gone up a hair. You know what the Biden people are saying? Oh, these people are going to come around. They're dopes. But we'll convince them the economy's good. They don't care about the economy. They care about their own money. That's the, their economy. Not sitting at home and saying, Marge, did you want to see the macro levels today that were out there? I know I've already looked at the stock market today, keying into my 401k. I'm not really looking at the stock market, except if it indicates, you know, something major. So, Henry, do you read about the economy or do you think of your own household income? No, I, I never do. Okay. Honest to God, I don't. Not even your own household income? Not really, no. Oh, okay. Maybe you should be the MC at your yeah, <laughs> Seriously. All right. So um, here's a little bit more now. You got the opening gist there already. Well, you would think Joe Biden would bond with these people out in rural Pennsylvania rather than Donald Trump. We continue. I mean, we lay out the fourfold interconnected threat that white rural voters pose to the country. First of all, and we show 30 polls and national studies to demonstrate this. So we provide the receipts in Chapter 6. They're the most racist, xenophobic, anti-immigrant, anti-gay geodemographic group in the country. Second, they're the most conspiracist group. QAnon support and subscribers, election denialism, COVID denialism and scientific skepticism, Obama birtherism. Third, anti-democratic sentiments. They don't believe in an independent press, free speech. They're most likely to say the president should be able to act unilaterally without any checks from Congress or the courts or the bureaucracy. They're also the most strongly white nationalist and white Christian nationalist. And fourth, they are most likely to excuse or justify violence as an acceptable alternative to peaceful public discourse. So you mentioned a lot of negative factors about about this this demographic. Um. Ah, maybe I should have asked you to put some more. Maybe we're going to get to a positive. Well, they make good pie or we need them. We need them because we don't want to do the jobs that they do that keep America running. Let's go through the litany there right out of the box. They're a bunch of racists. They're anti-immigrant. They're conspiracy oriented. They are anti-democratic, like the left is not, right? And they consider violence, like mob rule and violence, well, it's a lot of that on the left also, to be okay. That's why they're voting for Trump. Now, I remember being in a meeting at the Daily News Inquirer, because I was writing for the Daily News at that point. And the woman that was one of the editors said, oh, yeah, we are uh, know anybody. We're going to get people that are going to be writing from what makes the Trump voters tick. Like Selena Zito wrote the famous book about. That was all the way back in 2016. So they've given up on that after about 30 seconds. And now their solution is to say those voters are the biggest threat to the country because they're racist, anti immigrant. Remember when President Obama got caught at a fundraiser 
in California, somehow or another, too. Uh, yeah, it was about Pennsylvania. He said people in these small towns in Pennsylvania, they're bitter. They're anti-immigrant. Uh, they, they, they think their uh, lot in life is messed up. Remember that? They're, they're pro-gun to the extreme. And he got caught in. He still won. But Joe Biden is not as skilled as he is. So this is the biggest threat to the country. This is the hot book. You heard them lay it out. And that's still where we are. Now, trying to talk about the appeal of Trump and codify that in some way is very difficult. I mean, there's so many factors that go into it. He may be more of a symptom of what's out there and why it all galvanizes with him. It's always been there for the Republican Party to put these things together. But it takes an entertaining person. It takes somebody with great name recognition. We've been through all this for about six or seven years. And they fail to recognize that. And they think all he is is a guy spewing stuff that the greatest threat to the country wants to hear. And could it be if you bash people, if you mock them, if you diminish them, as routinely happens here almost across the board. I mean, Fetterman, to his credit, on the left is one of the few on the left, if you remember, that used to visit and work these communities. Now, you know, I'm not saying his politics are exactly what they wanted, but he established some kind of human connection there. What's Joe Biden going to tell them? You know, what's Joe Biden going to tell them if they start saying, hey, I don't want uh, males playing against females. Uh, My daughter plays basketball. What's Joe Biden? Can you imagine? What's he going to answer to that? So it's more than just, yeah, but I'm giving you broadband or some crazy thing he might say. God knows what he might say. They don't want their daughters killed by the mob that's here illegally, do they? We have the funeral today of Lake and Riley. I don't see a lot of media coverage of this. Not as much as it deserves because this is a national issue. What would Joe Biden say to that? So who is it that's out of touch? How is Biden in touch with anything? Everybody ought to send Dr. Jill Biden out there. She'd be able to bond with these people. Once again, Democrats saying, look, stay in line. We're willing to give you something, but you got to stay in line. All right, we're going to talk with uh, Linda Kearns coming up. And then right after that, uh, we'll take your calls, 855-839-1210, this whole thing. I'll give you the side question in a little, little bit. Uh, Linda with us last week, quite an impact, uh, talking about all matters of election integrity. Her group won a big victory this week here in Delaware and uh, should give us some hope about how this can be done. But this whole idea of the white rural Americans as the biggest threat to our democracy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Dom time coming to your calls. Give me the side question coming up. But first, um, we got a great uh, update last week from uh, Linda Kearns. Public Interest Legal Foundation, RNC lawyer also. And uh, her group won a big victory in Delaware this week around uh, early voting and uh, no excuse absentee voting. It gives a clue about the defense side of this in addition to the offense side. But I wanted to ask her, too, about the uh, guy wanting to take uh, mobile vans out and curate ballots over in Montgomery County and a couple of other things that uh, a lot of stuff is uh, breaking on this. Uh, let's go to uh, Linda Kearns here again on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Linda, good mor- uh, afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Hi, hi, Dom. Good afternoon. Glad to be on. You know, I'm always happy to talk about elections. Yeah, well, in uh, Delaware... Uh, a big victory there for the Constitution versus people just kind of making it up and uh, basically saying, if you want to have early voting and these other things, that's the job of the legislature. And that has big impact. Reinforcing the legislature is the one that makes these laws. Right. Huge victory for my client, the public interest legal foundation. I was not on this case. I am not a Delaware attorney. Um, an excellent lawyer for the Public Interest Legal Foundation uh, litigated this case, Noel Johnson. He's absolutely brilliant. In fact, you should have him on because he he knows he knows more about election law than I'm than anyone in the world. And then um, the local counsel there was M. Jane Brady. And the what the lawsuit was about was the Delaware Constitution says that election day should be the one day on a Tuesday. And the legislature, rather than amend the Constitution, decided to just change the law and say that we're going to have, I think it was 11 days of early voting, and we're going to put people on a permanent absentee list. So the Public Interest Legal Foundation sued, and luckily they got a judge who understood the role of the judiciary. And he said that, no, you cannot pass a law that violates the Delaware Constitution. So this was a big win for election integrity. And it also shows you, Dom, that a lot of these election cases are marathons, not sprints. You, you don't get results right away. This case went on for a few years. But this was this tells the legislature in Delaware and in other states that you better do your job. You can't just ignore the Constitution and ignore the procedure. So this was a great win for election integrity. Now, meanwhile, here in Pennsylvania, we had uh, Josh Shapiro well out before the election, Linda, as you know, and for listeners, come up with this task force. And look, we want elections to run smoothly, but that didn't seem to be the tenor. 
The tenor was the military, law enforcement. Brian Cutler, the Republican leader, said the same thing. And uh, so-called misinformation, nothing in there about protecting people who are poll watchers, protecting chain of custody and all these things that you and I talk about. Right. I, that task force, that, that is not giving me a good feeling. It looks like he's also partnering with something called the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. And what they do is they decide what misinformation is. And, you know, Dom, I'm all for free speech. What you do is so important. And my solution is to get more information out there, not suppress it. And I think that Shapiro's goal here is just to, to make sure that he can control the information that gets out there. And, and I, don't, I don't think that task force is good for Pennsylvanians. How would he do that, though? I mean, you said he's partnering with this group. What would the move be other than to go to the media and say this is misinformation? Is there anything else they might try to do? I think, that, I think that's going to be a big part of it. I mean, he said we're going to coordinate plans to mitigate threats to the election process. So if he's out there drumbeating, this is misinformation, this is misinformation, and that gets through to, to voters and they believe him, that's a big problem. Because, Don, no matter what you and I talk about on the radio, no matter what happens, I just want to remind voters that there are problems. Some will get fixed. Some won't. But nothing should dissuade a voter from going and showing up at the polls. As you said last week, this spring, our primary, that's kind of like spring training. Vote in the primary, vote in the general. We need to make sure that we get all of our voters out to vote. Uh, the other thing is this Montgomery County commissioner. And, and look, uh, I admire as a young guy, first got on there and all. But it's gotten to the level of ridiculousness and maybe even where distrust really comes from, that he's proposed getting mobile vans if you mess up your mail-in ballot and going out to your house and curating it there. And again, that gets into, well, which ones is he going to go and see? How much taxpayer money? When does the voter have to be responsible if it's mail-in to, to do it correctly or to show up and change it to curate it? Well, as I read the election code, the voter has to be responsible when they fill it out. Just like you have to be responsible when you show up at the polls yeah. and press the levers. You have to do it right. And, and our election code specifically says, and I'm going to quote it, that when the, um, when the, when the commissioner, when the election board receives the, these mail-in or absentee ballots, they, quote, shall safely keep the ballots in sealed or locked, locked containers until they are to be canvassed, unquote. So there's nothing in that code that says that prior to putting them in a sealed or locked container, you can send a repurposed ice cream truck around the neighborhood to ask people to fix their ballots. And the problem is we have 67 counties in Pennsylvania and not every county is doing it. So if you make a mistake on your ballot in one county, you may not get another chance. If you do it in apparently in Montgomery County, you're going to get a chance, I guess, if he chooses to go to your house to help you fix it. And another issue I have with this ballot curing is that are they are they giving them the envelope that they sent in originally and just letting them cure that? Or are they giving them a brand new ballot and allowing them to start over, which means that they can change their vote? There, there are serious problems with that, serious problems, Don. But again, uh, our voters still have to show up. I don't want to dissuade anyone from from, from voting because that's that's how – 
your vote definitely won't count if you don't show up. Well, and uh, seeing that uh, your group won in Delaware, that's my message, too. The bottom line is no matter what they do in any way, shape or form, we're going to be ready for it. People like you, I have a lot of faith in and others, but you still have to show up. You got to do what you can do on your watch, either mail in or show up. You vote because the other side, those that want to win at any cost, that's what they want to depress the vote. Win at any cost, add more voters, let people across the vote, across the border, and maybe they can get them on the rolls. But we have a case, the Public Interest Legal Foundation has a case in Pennsylvania. We sued the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and we won over non-citizens on the voter rolls. Now, the Shapiro administration appealed, so we are now up in the Third Circuit on that case. But we're winning these cases. We're making strides in election integrity. But, yeah, it's a problem, and we can't leave any votes on the table, and that's going to be my message from now until Election Day. And, by the way, next year when we're electing judges, we just can't leave any votes on the table. Uh, We we need to get our people out there. Exactly. So to that point, uh, action steps, again, uh, last time you were on, you gave several, particularly getting poll watchers, I, I, the people I talk with, uh, Laura Trump and, and, and people like that, I think they underestimate a bit, Linda, how difficult this is. But that's, that's something knowable and doable, both to assure, but also to reassure people that we're not being cheated. If you have a poll watcher all day long there, that's the best remedy in a place like Philadelphia. Right. And the reason it's so particularly difficult in Pennsylvania is because our law says that in order to poll watch in a county, you need to be president of that county. And it's just been a perennial problem in in Philadelphia where we have about 1,700 polling places to find. I mean, it would be hard to find that many Republicans, to be honest with you. So it is a perennial problem, and we do need people. And you can go to the either Dave McCormick's website or the GOP website. I'm pretty sure they already have up the, the, the where you can register or you can put your name in that you're interested in helping. But, yeah, we always need people. And th- those of us who have done this, um, for years, know how difficult it can be. But every poll watcher we get, that's one more. That's one more polling place that's just a little bit safer because there's eyes on it. Absolutely, Linda. Thank you so much again. Uh, something major breaks that you think we should know about. You can come on instantly. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Don. All right, that's Linda Kearns, Public Interest Legal Foundation, here with an update. We had her on last week. I thought it was important. Again, they had a big win over in Delaware this week, her group. You heard some of the other things. The ice cream truck guy out in Montgomery County. I mean, come on. And then lecture us like that clip we played you. And I'd love to get your reaction to that uh, interview with Mika Brzezinski and these two pointy heads still calling Trump voters, well, white rural America. They're the biggest threat to the country. Still demeaning, still attacking. And again, Mika, well, why wouldn't Joe Biden connect with those people more than Donald Trump? I know she's a dope, but my God, what's that based on? The fact that he came from a wealthier family, that he was a builder. We've been through this, his connection. Look at yesterday, Biden's inability to even carry a sentence. Trump. In his, in his element there, meeting people at the border. All right, side question today. I just saw this on Twitter a week or so ago. 
Uh, give us the greatest movie ending, the one that you think is satisfying. doesn't have to be a happy ending. It's just you think the drama of it, the satisfaction of it. I'm going to take off the board the ending in Shawshank Redemption, which is wordless. The last minute and a half, or maybe it's 90 seconds, seeing the main character who has escaped from jail, sanding down a boat, which was his dream to uh, go to Mexico uh, when he broke out, and seeing Morgan Freeman's character, who gets out, he's done his time, going to great lengths to go and meet him, and you see him coming from the beach afar, you see his hat blow off, you see the beautiful Pacific Ocean. That, to me, is an incredibly satisfying ending without a word. There's not one word spoken that lasts, I think it's 90 seconds, Mm -hmm. could be two minutes maybe. Henry, how about yours? Yeah, so I I thought long and hard about this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had to come up with a good one. And what I finally you know, came to is that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. Ah. And I'm referring to the end of The Usual Suspects when we figure out who Kaiser Soze is. And that line, that's a great line. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> now, we hope that between Henry and me, we uh, can cover all movie endings. We'll do our best. We may have to look one up and say, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. We'll do our best. I mean, there's a million of them. But if you take the main ones, I think I know, and with Henry, I think we know most mm-hmm. of them. Make your case. Just tell us and, and uh, you know, go into some detail. Just don't blurt out the movie ending. I have one from one of your favorites. Yes. It's right at the end of The Untouchables. Al Capone has been put away. Yes. Elliot Ness is packing things up, and he walks out, and this re- reporter comes up and says, well, isn't this great? You finally got him. Did you hear that they're going to repeal Prohibition? What are you going to do then? Kevin Costner goes, well, I think I'll go have a drink. Yeah, and they, the music swells up from that yeah. as he says it and goes, I actually remember he turns to the left and goes down the street that way. It's like a Jimmy Olsen sort of reporter. That's a, that's a great film. I mean, it's really, yeah, one of the really best. well done. Uh, the Chicago way. 855, what are you prepared to do? 855-839, everything within the law. And then what are you prepared I, I to think, do? Don't you I think it? Sean Connery Thomas pre-Jack Bauer. That's something that Jack Bauer would have done to get the guy to actually talk. Yeah, the South Philly way would have been more appropriate, but yeah. Yeah. 855-839-1210. I like Henry's, too. That is a great line at the end. There's a million of them at the end of your call. So this um, white rural rage now. Now it's going to be all over the place. The book's just dropping. These guys are hooked in, and they're going to try this tactic again. Now, doesn't this swell the ranks of Trump? What happened in 2016, you had people in the hinterlands of Pennsylvania, for example, that probably hadn't voted in several elections. And they may have been sort of Democrats the last time they voted. Why did they go with Trump? There's a bond. There's a connection. The things he talked about Uh, even tariffs, foreign competition, all those things are real. Democrats are not addressing them. What are they addressing? Yesterday at the border, Biden started talking about climate change. Why? They can't talk about what's in front of them. Well, he had trouble doing that even. Walking around with note cards. They should have pinned stuff to him. That's going to be next. Now say, yeah, the music, 
Dino De Laurentiis, very, very good in uh, Untouchables, the swelling music. 855-839-1210. You get on board. Today we're looking for that all-time satisfying, uplift, whatever you want to say. You know, it's fine not to have a happy ending, although Roe will not see a film uh, with doesn't have a happy ending. Really? See, it's the stuff I have to go through. Oh, yeah. So I have to negotiate it, massage it, and say, well, it's not an unhappy ending. It's a satisfying yeah. ending. Yeah, satis- that's the word. That's where I came up with it. It's a satisfying. Yeah. You'll be satisfied with it. Um, okay, that's the side. You heard Linda Kearns on some of the developments here. And I played you Mika Brzezinski with these two talking heads who have researched white rural rage. And they say that's the biggest threat to the country. That's what's fueling it. Okay. And what are some of the elements? Anti-immigrant. You know, if uh, I got them on, I would ask about uh, uh, Lake and Riley. And I would ask, you know, just just leave a space there, not say anything. Just let them fill the space. Let's see where they go. Because you know what a landmine that is. That didn't have to happen. Some things we don't know all the forces. We can't protect everybody. But we could have protected her on multiple occasions. That guy didn't have to be here. There's no getting around that. There is absolutely no way to get around that. So on one hand, I have the scale. I have Lake and Riley. On the other hand, I have the scale of what? What, What's the argument on the other scale to be inundated by people fleeing other countries? Well, it's bad there. Or they don't like it there. Or isn't this the land of opportunity? Or something like that. Well, we do it in an orderly way without with a lot of vetting. And that doesn't explain once you get locked up when you're coming here, that you get out and you just go and do things again, does it? No, it doesn't. There's no getting around that. If we're going to have a whole uproar of a society with the death of George Floyd, why is it the media can't even pause here, most of it, to examine any of this in any way, shape, or form? All right, 855-839-1210. Oh, man, I'm looking at this truck that's stuck hanging off a bridge between Indiana and Kentucky. Note to self, oh, man, don't go over the Walt Whitman today. (laughs) I don't like the Walt Whitman, Henry. I don't know about you. I don't mind bridges like that. It's too open. The Ben Franklin, you feel like you're neatly sealed there, up and down the line at a certain point. Yeah. Think about it. That is true. Yeah. You go off into the horizon. On the, oh man, how in the world? Like, I guess that uh, the barrier is just not that strong and it smashed right through it. And they're trying to rescue the truck driver, I believe, by having a guy be lowered with a rope to reach him. Yeah, where's Spider Man when you need him? Oh my God, that is, uh, oh God, talk about bravery. These guys uh, engage in this. Okay. You got the side question. Um, Jeff Andrew coming up at 1 o'clock. And I'm looking at a um, press release put out by Robin Schaefer, our buddy at Protect Our uh, Shores, and the the people that um, fight back to protect the Jersey Shore against Phil Murphy and his minions. And he takes to task some of the wild stuff that Phil Murphy says 
People are fighting this uh, Atlantic Shores, just like they were when it was 12 miles. Where does he get this stuff? Because it's 40 miles out, we're going to give up? No. This guy this week taunting. Phil Murphy would get thrown out of the game for trash talking, and he has nothing to even trash talk about. You know, can you imagine trash talking with Phil Murphy in a game? He comes over the middle, he, he catches the pass, and he gets up, and he's trash talking. And we're playing without helmets. It's rugby. And I'm taking a look at that rug right there. You mean to say there's not fertile grounds when it gets to trash talking with this guy? My God. He's just insulated from reality. All right, let's go to uh, Walter in Lafayette Hill on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Walter, afternoon to you. Uh, hello. Um, now, my, my greatest movie ending, and I'm, I'm going to do it in the voice of the character, is, is from the movie Office Space. And um, my my buddy Milton, and he said, uh, excuse me, sir, I, I did not want any salt on my margarita. And, and and this is after he burned the place down. So uh, Milton, <laughs> Milton is, is my hero. So thank you very much for your time and uh, great topics today, as always. Thank you, Walter. And we appreciate you doing it in the voice of the character. Yeah. Put that one down. Yeah, that always counts. I haven't seen Office Space. Should I have seen Office Space? Yeah, it's definitely a cult classic, but it's a very good one. Okay. Uh, basically, the Milton character that he was just impersonating gets pushed around a lot in the office. It's kind of like an afterthought. And ah. by the end of the movie, he he gets away with money and and he's on the beach and he's like, I, 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 I want salt on my margarita. He's just like I, he's a stuttering guy. He's a guy who just gets overlooked. It's it's a good ending. It's satisfying. Uh, he, he did a great job at it too. Uh, it, it might give me a side question. I'm kind of noodling coming off that. I'm shocked every time Dan says there's a couple of movies he hasn't seen. So if you were, you know, knew someone, you were getting friendly with them, and they hadn't seen a particular movie, uh, one where you went like, what? And they made you maybe reassess your uh, yeah. sense of this person. It might be a good side quote. Dan hasn't seen The Godfather. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I, 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 mean, I, I have my own. I have my own in mind, which I know I need to watch. It would what? be uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. No, do not watch that. No. No, do not watch that crap. Oh, my God. Really? This, all time. Well, maybe it's my response. Before this, and I don't know if they were out then or not. I taught high school. Okay. Before, that's how I morphed right. into this. And just that Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's too much. No, I don't too think much. you should. No, oh. I, I think you get a mea Cooper there, Henry. I think the audience okay. would say the same thing. You don't have to see Lord of the Rings. That's not a hole in your development. But The Godfather, I don't think he's seen Godfather 2 either. Yeah, I've seen the first two. I haven't gotten around to the third. Don't see of, the third. Yeah, it it besmirches. The, it's just uh, there's one line in there, wet your beak. That's about it. Yeah. The rest of it, they ran out of stuff. They threw it together. Not good. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, we may do that at a certain point. You can hit me on Twitter with one. It'll egg me on on that. Dom Giordano's show. Welcome in. I'll tell you uh, coming up after Jeff Andrew about this petition to reinstate Philly's Dollar Dog Night, a God-given right for encased meat. Sadly, though, one guy is a, um, is a, is a TikTok influencer, and his buddy threw 13 hot dogs onto the field. Ugh. So we know it now. Uh, maybe there's a chance to revoke him ever going to a Phillies game, and then we come back to having dour dog Yeah. Now. I think the real story, apparently, though, is they're having trouble getting enough people to work the concession stands 
when they do that. They get yeah. overwhelmed. It's it, uh, yeah. As someone who went to one last year, it's it's crazy packed. It's in, the lines are out the wazoo. They can't get them out fast enough. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a giant problem. I don't know how many people it would take. Uh, I still I get it that this is bad, and the Phillies don't want to be like cops in every session. Mm-hmm stopping these creeps that do it but when there's one maybe they make an example of him for five years he can't go to a game or so they do something yeah i'm with you there yeah i mean uh it it was quite a lot and then apparently henry when he threw it someone threw him one to see if he would eat it from above him and then they hundreds of them started getting rained down well you know this is not good that's that's exactly like how it went down yeah it, it was, it, it was, you just see like, you. I think it was like behind home plate or something, yeah. or like over towards the first base. And I was like, look at those guys throwing it. And then as right. soon as everyone else noticed, it just started raining. Now, my instinct is always, uh, we're going to do this. And at least for the next time around, we're going to come after you big time. Mm-hmm. And I would ask uh, for help with the Philadelphia police or whatever to make a statement. This is a fun thing. You're not going to mess it up, but you can't get rid of it, and you can't let them mess it up at the same time. Right, yeah. So, I mean, for a ball game, having to go to that level. Now that I understand what happened and you were there. Yeah. I mean, this this just gets to be. And you got a player doesn't like it, a hot dog goes near him, and he erupts. you got a whole, mm-hmm. yeah, thing. And anything gets in the field, the game gets delayed, it gets annoying. It's just, yeah. And this seems thing. to be these influencers oh, are involved, yeah. according and to this inquiry. Anything for a like, party. anything for a view. Exactly. You know, Any kind of disruption. Well, I'm being funny with my friends. And it's like uh, TikTok again, too, as soon as yeah. I saw that. All right, let's go to Dennis in Lancaster. Wait a minute. He does. He's fed up with being called racist and anti-immigration. You're out there in Lancaster. You have white rage. What's the matter with you, Dennis? We do not have anything near like that out here. Tom, I've been listening to you since your WWDB days. Um, and I agree with what you say, but. I am so fed up with being told that because I'm a white male, I'm racist, I'm anti, uh, I'm a homophobe, uh, uh, because of being a Christian, we're so horrible people. We're none of that out here, and I'm so, I'm to the point with the left, I'm ready to come out smacking people around because I'm tired of hearing it. Well, in fact, Dennis, where you are, Lancaster City, anyhow, I know they're different than the area. They voted they're not going to hold detainers this week with ICE or anything else right in the middle of this. And how stupid is that with what's going on in these other Democrat-run cities? What are, are they not paying attention to anything? I am so fed up. I am so furious that they did that because now they're helping to bring our crime up. I guess they want to be like the other the major cities. Well, we got crime like everybody else now. What, what are they thinking? Well, um, they're, they're doubling down. They're all involved in this type of thing. Uh, it's a, a knee-jerk, Dennis. It's almost cachet to be a sanctuary city, I guess. And you're right. All it does is draw a crime, at least, and sometimes the ultimate crime. You're, you're rolling the dice. You're going to have more people there that just don't care. Right. So as of Thursday, I will not go into Lancaster City for anything anymore. I'll stay down here in southern Lancaster County. And uh, we'll stick to our values, and damn if I'm not going to fight to keep those values. Gotcha. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks very much. Uh, coming up, uh, somebody who fights to keep those values, Jeff Van Drew. Let's play what Phil Murphy said, the short one, not the interview, uh, Henry and Jim. Here is uh, cut, um, uh, cut one. Here's Murphy, the original sin at the budget address. 
Hey, I'm not getting any more complaints. There must be no whales 40 miles offshore. <laughs> Just making sure you're paying attention out there because I am. <clears throat> and once these wind turbines are complete, they will generate, just you get this now? Do you all get it? They will generate enough energy. There's no whales 40 miles out. There are tons of them 12 miles out. It's unbelievable. They will generate enough energy to power nearly 2 million homes. All right, then. Maybe you ought to order us to laugh or to agree with you or all to walk around with a rug on our heads or AstroTurf. All right, Jeff Andrew breaks that down next. And a couple of other things, including no government shutdown. What does that mean? He's next here on Talk Radio 1210 on the Dom Giordano Show. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3 from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. We played you, uh, Phil Murphy, what he said at the budget. Then he was on a TV show and he did more of this taunting saying people are just hiding behind the whales. The, the guy and his wife, both of them, are insufferable behind, beyond belief the first time we had public knowledge of them. But in New Jersey, large sections of New Jersey, um, we've seen this before. Corzine, Goldman Sachs guy, a lot of money, throws it around, buys his way in, is insufferable beyond belief, becomes governor. Same kind of thing here. And now the wife wants to be senator. But they can't win on this. They're not going to win on this. It's an obvious thing. We've beaten them so far and we're going to continue to beat them. And the idea that people are just hiding behind whales, this kind of taunting, is unbelievable. These are the very same people that always lecture us about one goody two-shoes left-wing type of proviso telling us to shut up about things you're being nasty and this is what they engage in when they can't get every last thing that they want taunting oh is that bullying phil is that is that what we want to stop kids from doing in school that you always talk about trash talking people not getting your jokes we're gonna have to get to the bottom of that my god they just reek of this all right, so uh, got a lot of things to catch up with with uh, Jeff Van Drew. That will be uh, coming up uh, momentarily here. AT&T and Verizon Wireless, all that you have to do is push pound 1210. This is uh, cut eight. Joe Biden yesterday, well, you know what? I think that's Jeff Van Drew. I don't want to keep him waiting. We got a lot of stuff going on. So uh, I'll go to him uh, momentarily here. The side question today. All-time movie ending. Uh, that office space was a great call. That's in the running. I put in there the end of Shawshank Redem- uh, Redemption, which is no one even says anything. All right. So um, let's go to um, Gary in Upper Darby on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Gary, welcome in. What's your movie ending? Ghost. Yeah, with, tell me uh, about Patrick it. Yeah. With Patrick Swayze, you remember? Finally Say it one more time. He, uh, she sees him as a ghost figure at the end, where she hadn't seen him for through the whole movie. At the end, she finally sees yeah. him as a ghost figure, and then he go he goes up to heaven while the tears are running down her face. All right, that's a pretty good ending, without a doubt. 
Let's go to Congressman Van Drew, who put out quite a statement yesterday. I want to ask him a question about Phil Murphy here. Uh, Congressman, welcome back to the show. Nice work yesterday after that uh, trash talking. Give me an idea. What makes for our listeners Governor Phil Murphy tick that uh, just because of one defeat here, he's got to start with the taunting? It's so mean spirited and just so unproductive. And I'm just angry about it, man. I'm tired of it. I mean, there's a lot of people in New Jersey that are very concerned about these wind turbines. I mean, we've, I, I, you know, I've been around a few years. I've been involved in public policy and government and politics. I've never seen anything quite like it. You know, we were successful in being, being part of the reason that Orsted left our New Jersey shore and, and gave up. Uh, and it was because it was organic. It was because of the people. So Phil Murphy who has been booed because of what he said about these things. And he's been disliked because he's doing something contrary to what the people want to happen again, uh, was making fun, was jesting about it and making fun of the people who are anti-wind turbine. They're not only anti-wind turbine because you could see them. So now they want to put them 40 miles out in some of the companies that might come in. And by the way, 40 miles out. You think your utility bills were going to be high before, and they were. You know, these wind turbines, the bottom line, besides all the bad things they do to the whales, environment, national security, fishing, your your utility bills are going to go way up. Besides all that, um, it's going to re- the, the most important part is how it affects people's pocketbook. And that's what's really disturbing. He doesn't even care about that. So people should be concerned, most especially because they're not giving up. He's teaming up with Joe Biden. They're pushing hard on these things, and they're going to continue to push, and we're going to have to continue to push back. This is a war. We want a major battle, but we will not give up. And you know what? If he wants to make fun of us, uh, I guess we're deplorables for not wanting wind turbines off our coast. We love our beautiful shore, and so do the folks in Pennsylvania and the folks in New York and the folks in Delaware. They all come to the Jersey Shore up and down our coast. It's a spectacular shore. We have clean water, beautiful beaches, a lot of fun. And literally, he doesn't care about it and wants to destroy it. Yeah, so well put. Uh, You and I both know the whales helped people like you who were out there in the vineyards, like John the Baptist, churning away at this. It helped emotionally to get people to pay attention because they're busy because of Bidenomics working two and three jobs, et cetera. Exactly. And once they focused in because of that emotional scene, those great uh, shots of, of the destruction that was happening here, and they looked at it, they went, what? You know, this is what's going on. It's a whole variety of reasons that people object. This was just the thing that helped to break through, and he uh, he resents it. I mean, do you ever have – you're a guy that wants to negotiate when possible – based on principle, give the other side their just due. I don't hear people saying that Van Drew is a bad guy, you can't work with him. Have you ever gone back and forth with Murphy, this this attitude? Is it because he's not from Jersey, maybe, and he usually wins because it's a progressive state? It's We always have to win. That's the bottom line of this taunting, Jeff, I think. Well, there's so much here. There are international billionaires around the world that want this to happen. And by the way, 
many of these companies, most of them are foreign-owned. We're going to rely, when we have all the energy we need right in this country, we're going to rely on other countries now, foreign countries. I've never seen an administration federally like this as well, who every move they make, essentially the net result is to weaken America. And you know what? You're right, Dom. You're right on the money. People are busy. They're breaking their back work. And, you know, a lot of my constituents and, and your listeners are people that are working hard at their job. They're working a second job. Sometimes between uh, a husband and wife, they're working four jobs um, just to make ends meet because everything is so damn expensive like food. They don't have time to keep up with everything, and they would just hope that their elected officials are doing the right thing. Uh, sad to say, they always aren't by any means doing the right thing. There's uh, no give on this. So They want this, and it's for political yeah. reasons, too. Murphy believes that someday he's going to be the president of the United yes. States. So they're trying to out-left-wing each other. So you got, you know, Newsom in California. The weirder it is, the better it is. Uh, I mean, you've got candidates out in California running for the United States Senate that want a $50 an hour minimum wage. I'm not making it up. Yeah, Barbara Lee. I mean, yep, definitely. Yep. Um, now, the shutdown, um, I think Mike Johnson handled things about as well as you can do. you got a lot of uh, things going on there. What's your view, though, about this other accommodation for a while now? Are you on board with that? Well, what's going to happen next? You mean the continuing resolution yes. just to move along? Yes. Yes. Well, here, here's my thing. I, I, and I do not, absolutely do not want to shut down because that's always bad. It's bad for the country. It's bad for Republicans as well, because we always get blamed, even if it's not our fault. I also agree with you. Mike Johnson is doing the best he can do in an unbelievable, difficult set of circumstances. This is why we really do need a bigger Republican majority so we can get more done. We need the Senate and we desperately need President Trump in the presidency. And then a lot of really good things would happen. Um, the continuing resolution I, I haven't supported them by vote, but I don't criticize Johnson, but I haven't supported him because it's just continuing the Pelosi budgets. And even and, and he's in a tough spot, but even the negotiations going on concerning all these individual appropriations bills, and i got to give it to him, he's trying to separate them out into individual bills, but I don't know how good they're going to be. Uh, the Defense Authorization Act, for example, which was supposed to take out, make sure, make it, you know, totally illegal to spend money on drag queen ambassadors. Uh, it was supposed to do a lot of other good things to not pay for gender changes. And here's the deal with that. I don't care what people do in their bedroom. I really don't. Don't make the taxpayers pay for it. Don't make me pay for it. And don't shove it on our kids. Just leave us alone. Well, we're going to be attracting people to the military because gender change surgery is expensive. And now they can go into the military and it's free. Um, I don't like that. So, you know, in that case, I couldn't vote for it. Um, so I'm going to stick to what my principles are. I'm going to do what's right. I'm not out to be divisive, but I am out to stand up for something. If you don't stand up for something, you're standing for nothing. You had to, as an insider, but also observing from afar, be happy yesterday, I would think, with the split screen at the border, with the president of the United States having to look at note cards to say anything at all, and then Donald Trump in his element uh, around this, and people seeing that contrast. 
I, I loved it. It is what it's all about. I mean, it wasn't done for that purpose, but it was like a, an advertisement. It should have been uh, for people to realize the difference between these two individuals. Um, seriously, uh, Joe Biden, he was just doddering around. You know, it's not the age. Everybody keeps saying how old, how old. Donald Trump's moving fast. People are having trouble keeping up with him. He's right against the fence looking at the people that are trying to cross over, mincing no words. Let me tell you, I mean, when he gets in, whether it's the wind turbines, he's going to do everything he can to stop them. Whether it's illegal immigration, he's going to bang out some executive orders and button that you know, border up as quickly as he can. And it will be a matter of months. There will be a market difference what's going on. He'll talk to Mexico. He'll put back the same Mexico policy. Here's the humor, and it's, it's brutal, bitter humor for Americans. Mexico has made it illegal to have a stay in Mexico policy in their country. They're doing everything they can to maintain their borders, and when people get through, they're shoveling them right over to America. They don't want them. You know what? We, don't, we can't take them either. And Trump made it clear last time, and we'll make it clear again. If you don't stop this flow from Mexico of people from every corner of the earth coming into our country, uh, you're going to have huge tariffs. You're not going to be able to sell your goods in the United States of America. They will straighten out in a matter of days. Absolutely. And, and have that under control. And he's going to do everything else. There'll be no more catch and release, which is what we have now. They catch them. They let them go. Uh, there's going to be uh, something like Title 42 back in place again where you're going to be able to not to tell people they can't come in because of other reasons, health reasons, et cetera. Um, he's going to put all those pieces back and finish building the wall that, that we had advanced technology to really monitor the wall better. It's, and having these border officials uh, doing their job, doing their job and, and keeping the border intact. No country, Dom, in history ever can prevail with open borders. Absolutely. I just wanted to uh, say to, again, thanks. Well before this got on the radar screens big time, the whale situation, the shore, you were there and it was the, you know, the fine print, not just the emotion. You held that hearing down there in the Wildwood Convention Center. A lot of information there and you unmasked that the feds are basically saying we're going to allow them to commit a lot of collateral damage and maybe we don't fully know the effects, but we think this is the best thing. It's not hiding behind whales. All that was was something that motivated people to volunteer. And you you were part of some of the rallies down there. I'm talking really early on. So this summer is another big battle. And I wanted to thank you for helping us get to this point. Um, I appreciate you. And you're exactly right. I, you know, in all honesty, I was kind of a voice in the wilderness for a while. It's okay. People were too busy to notice in the beginning. And then it was almost biblical. It was almost a biblical sign. When these whales washed ashore, one after another, record numbers, people said, my God, what's going on? Everybody loves whales. And then they realized. And then they looked into it and realized what would happen not only to the whales, but to our environment. They realized what would happen as far as... Um, every other aspect of what's going on in the ocean and the shore. And I appreciate them. We're going to fight this together and do everything we can. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Congressman. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.
Congressman Jeff Van Drew here on Talk Radio 1210. And to that point, you know, maybe uh, not often enough do we take a moment to thank people like Cam Robin Schaefer, all those people at the shore. And it was almost biblical. And all the whales and dolphins thing did was put it on our radar screen. And I've almost never seen something as connected as listeners have been with this. And then when you're taunted by this guy, you know, uh, maybe the average person, I, I take things personally on this. I have to admit, it's not just the issue. It's a, it's a fight. It's a war. I have to admit, I live for that. Hand-to-hand combat on this stuff? Yeah. Bring it on, you rughead. And uh, that's going to be happening again this summer. There's a joy associated with it, too, with Robin Schaefer and the people involved with that. I went to their banquet. They had me emcee some of it. People are connected on this, and it connects against big government. It connects against the so-called elites, the Murphys and these others, who usually in New Jersey... You had a choice between the, in this race between the Murphys and Bobby Menendez with gold bars. That tells you what Jersey has become. Why? That's what progressivism, big government, that's what it does. That's who's attracted to it. All right. Phone lines are 855-839-1210. Hit us with a film that has a hugely satisfying ending. I see some really good ones uh, coming up. We'll get those. Uh, as we continue, and a little update, I smell the same kind of thing. Look, I love basketball, pro basketball. I hope Embiid comes back. But I'll give you an update on what's happening with that Sixers arena. I file this, just like, sadly, uh, Bryce Harper, who's backed away, I think, from that extension. There are times in sports, many times, where they know how much we love sports, so they kind of figure they can do anything they want like the Sixers nine years out wanting to start this arena talk, etc. There's a civic group, Washington West, who is relatively well-heeled, people that live in Center City. I'll tell you what they voted to do. It just broke a little while ago around the Sixers arena, which I think is a boondoggle of boondoggles. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to believe, and I don't even live down there. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What film is that the uh, end to, Jim? Uh, that is Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, Johnny Depp was definitely in his element with that. He was tremendous mm-hmm. uh, in that and all the iterations. Maybe not so much as a married man. My God, the <laughs> two of them killing each other. 
All right, 855-839-1210. That's the side question today. Thanks to uh, Anthony Dorenzo, far flung out there in the field. He just saw this uh, breaking story that Walgreens and CVS, I mean, they have to have 50, 60, 70% of the pharmaceutical market, I would think, are now going to sell the so-called abortion pill within weeks. And one of the places they're rolling it out, and one of the states are rolling this out in in doing that, is Pennsylvania. Now, uh, this is going to be interesting because, you know, I still believe that abortion... uh, First, an update. Uh, In Alabama, it looks like they're going to have final passage of a bill that will support the in vitro fertilization uh, places and push back on that Supreme Court decision. The Supreme Court decision was because of the current law. And I think it'll pass muster. That should be done in the middle of this coming week. That's a good thing that we're going to get away from that backward thinking there. Uh, Almost every rational person supports uh, the, the situation there, and there should have been no kerfuffle around this. But anti-abortion uh, groups have said that this abortion pill is dangerous to women and can cause heavy bleeding and pain. They have been fighting, and the Supreme Court is deciding this, and this may come down in June. The shipping of the pills is uh, illegal under an 1873 law. My point is, though, if these are going to be available, now, it maybe doesn't take away the entirety of this. These are going to be available, in, they'll start in five states, New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, California, and Illinois. But eventually, it'll be available in all locations in states where it is allowed. Oh, man, here we go. So this is going to put it even more, I thought this would take to June when the Supreme Court ruled. And then I thought, uh, here we go. Democrats will talk about nothing else, at least up till Labor Day, around that. And uh, you should know that Dan and I are really trying to get Kellyanne Conway on the show um, to talk about how, in the presidential race at least, President Trump and spokespeople should deal with the abortion issue. He was on Hannity last night coming off the border, and when asked about it, uh, he said, and I think this answer is not the A answer, maybe it's a B, he hasn't made his mind up on a national ban. I'm against the national ban. I'm against any talk of the national ban. They hear that, and we're off to the races, and I'm against it philosophically. Roe v. Wade went back to the states. That was the whole idea. That's what we said. Let's be consistent. So I'm not sure when Trump is going to say something more. I hope he does not. Now watch for this abortion pill thing to start to make its way into the news here with this breaking story from the Wall Street Journal with um, CVS and also uh, Walgreens, two of the biggies. They're going to distribute it. Uh, how soon? Let's see. The five states. Within a week, we're going to see this. Now, <laughs> this is an endless battle. I know some of you say, well, why can't the media just talk about something? Well, A, they don't want to. B, there's continuing developments. You know, who thought the IVF 
thing would uh, pop up now for a few weeks. It's going to keep it in the, the news. I depend on uh, Kellyanne for the best advice. She's offered some stuff on how to deal with the abortion issue. But if President Trump goes out there, I'll say it again, and says 16 weeks, four months, exceptions, uh, national ban, though, all they're going to hear and all that we're going to go down because now women can go to some states. I'd have to calculate how many and pretty much get an abortion. And there might be one with a few hundred miles of them or less or fewer. But if you have a national ban, then we're saying, is that the sweet spot for Americans? Four months. Can Democrats be portrayed as way outside the margins here by what they want to do. And any number of them want abortion on demand. They don't care when. That Ralph Northam, that former governor of Virginia, talking about we're going to make the baby calm and all. We'll sit down and we'll be talking what we're going to do. What the hell is the sentiment of some on the Democrat side? But Republicans, here comes more incoming. So you have a double whammy. The Supreme Court will be hearing the oral arguments. Now, the shipping of this without a doctor around, look, I I think these drugs, like anything, have side effects. Potentially, you could have someone really get endangered. Well, their spin is, well, that's because they're in a red state where they can't go and get an abortion. So you have CVS, Walgreens to sell the abortion pill within weeks or a week here in Pennsylvania. You'll see rollouts. You'll see all kinds of stories on this now. I know it never seems to go away. And uh, Lake and Riley will just be some name out there that only you and I will know. And all these other issues and what's happening to America because we come back to this again and again and again. And it's the type of thing that draws out to the polls voters who may not vote, younger women. We've seen it in the last few cycles. I'm convinced even over in Central Bucks with the school board, a major reason they lost, they were drawing people to the polls that may not have voted in that because of just all this back and forth over abortion, even though it had nothing to do with it. Uh, Trump is handling it, except, you know, let's get away from that national ban. 855-839-1210. You get on board. Thanks to uh, Anthony. We hadn't seen this. And again, in a state with Josh Shapiro, this guy just lives for nothing else. This is, this is his um, mantra, constantly. All right? They're going to run on this at every level imaginable. What is the response? What is it that pushes back on this, mitigates it, and allows the election to be about things like Joe Biden just stumbling around more than usual yesterday, looking at palm cards just to say hello to people. And the contrast with Trump in his element talking about these things, interacting with all kinds of people. He was in Brownsville because they don't have a lot of action there. They think they checked the box. I told you a few weeks ago, these advisors that are being told, hey, Put Joe Biden out there in a lot more situations. Let the public actually see this man, and that'll be good for him. You see the dilemma? If you watched any of the footage yesterday, you can't let him out there anywhere. 
I would advise them that they're better off with a basement strategy than not. As bad as that is, as hard as that is with this, this guy can't function in any real way anywhere. I mean, they might be able to prop him up for the State of the Union. That's more staged. It's a different thing. But day to day, out there with people particularly, I don't want to give them any tips, but if I'm coaching them up, you can't have Biden walking. The walking portrays him as enfeebled beyond belief. You just can't project that. Ever notice how many candidates, whether they can do it or not, want to project their vigorous and vital by running on to a, uh, a scene or a stage? Seeing him wander around yesterday, his handler's got to go, wow. Well, we can't do that again. All right. Uh, a lot of folks want to get in your movie ending. But before that, you can give me your reaction. Great stuff from Jeff Andrew about what's going to happen next. And uh, again, uh, I trust the talent, the gut instincts. She's proven herself of Kellyanne. And uh, I'm hoping that she has some answers to this about something reasonable that Republicans can say. If she comes on and says, no, Dom, President Trump ought to say, four months, the other side's unreasonable, and go through a litany of what a baby's like at four months and how cruel this is to take that life at that point, and the American people will agree. I think the people that already see this are there. I think doing anything like that, though, is just going to propel these reluctant Democrat voters just to come out and vote on this. But there's no doubt CVS and Walgreens going down this path is a big story right here in Pennsylvania. I don't know by Monday if they'll be doing it, but let's say uh, next week by Thursday, Friday, when we're talking, we'll have all kinds of stories showing you footage of this, et cetera, et cetera. It never ends. The media just can't get enough of it. All right, 855, and the billboards will be out next week. The billboard saying that Trump is anti-in vitro fertilization. I mean, come on, there's no, there's no evidence of that. There are people in the Republican Party, sadly, that are. They're nuts. We have to call them out. We have to distance from them and stop their nonsense. I mean, it's just that simple. And this Alabama Supreme Court, I don't think now they're going to change the law and I don't think you're going to see, in fact, um, I'm not sure, but I know that Senator Britt, the female, the new female senator from Alabama, is going to give the rebuttal to the State of the Union. And I think she's put in there to, to rebut this, that Republicans are against in veto fertilization. Some of them are. I find that to be nuts. There's just no, I mean, it's, it's way, it's out of line. You can make any argument you want. Well, that's their religious belief. Fine. I'm talking about, in the grand scheme of things here, you know where that leads. Dom Giordano Show, 855-839-1210. So uh, it won't be just in late June that I'm waiting. I've told you for this blockbuster around abortion. It's right now, right here in this area. And this gets the churning going on this. They have nothing else. Nothing. We've seen it on the other two big issues, illegal immigration. It has really broken through, and Biden is getting the collar for it, and he knows it. That's why he went to the border to try to check a box. 
the Bidenomics, the inflation thing, it is not going away. It's baked in, at least until the election and a new president. And I told you about this consumer sentiment thing that's out there. Instead of going up a few points that's measured every month, it went back. Why? Because of fears, again, of inflation and things related to it. That's what people are looking at. And they're thinking, won't this ever end? And they realize it's his plan. But abortion does drive voters. Single issue, uh, reluctant women voters, say uh, younger women, 18 to 25 or 30. It's driven them out, particularly in 22. It was huge. Remember Dr. Oz, who was on TV, it seems, for like 30 years, right? He gets into it with Fetterman. The two moderators don't want to beat up on Fetterman. They keep on coming back to Oz three or four times in. He had a choice. I know it would have been hard to say, you got to be kidding me. Ask this guy something. He can't put a sentence again. Oh, my God. Instead, he gives it up. Abortion is between the woman, her doctor, and local political officials. Who comes up with a phrase like that? A skilled TV guy, very skilled. I know Dr. Oz pretty well after that campaign. He's very, you know, very skilled in that. Well, it's the constant pressure of this. This is what the media does. And they are going to pounce on these things. So what's the answer? Well, Trump has gotten away with it so far because he's skilled at deflection around the issues. I just hope he's not drawn into this four-month ban. I got to see a lot. You know, I, I just can't picture Kellyanne Conway saying that's the ticket. Say four months, even number. You got four months. They're radical. You're not. But the phrase national ban is, is there with it. We got hooked. We got hit with this the last time. That goofball, Lindsey Graham, out there saying 15-week ban nationally. That's what we need. You know how this ends. Is 16 going to be better than 15? I don't see it, okay? It's got to be a different approach than that. So let's see what she comes up with, but be ready to hear countless stories on this. It just uh, broke a little while ago, but it's, it's in the air, and every other week it'll be another variety of this. Think about it. What would you advise him to do? What do they have run? They have a squad that is just back secretly from Cuba touting communist repressive Cuba touting their way of life. You talk about Potemkin Village. I broadcast from Cuba. Now, I wasn't in Havana, but we saw the um, one side of it. You can go at Gitmo and look into the the rest of Cuba, and it's a minefield, and it had cars that were blown up trying to escape and get there. And they had some guy in Spanish and sometime English saying something like, Yankee, come on over to our side. It was hilarious. (laughs) So, you know, it's miserable there. It's almost like East Germany with palm trees. Ilan Omar, Tlaib, Jayapal. I'm not sure about AOC. She may have been in it. And they come back raving about Cuba. So we got all that on our side. This is the issue, though, that becomes a hindrance. All right, let's go to Len in Hamilton. Len's on Talk Radio 1210. Afternoon to you, Len. What do you have? How you doing, Tom? Good. I agree with you 100% on Murphy. Yeah, I mean, trash-talking, taunting now. 
I mean, but, it's it's amazing. And and the guy that had him on Channel Twelve just sits there and he doesn't go, Governor. You know that yeah. seems, that seems like you're trash talking, bullying. You're taunting but, people if, here. But if he ran tomorrow, he'd win by a landslide. Well, maybe not by landslide, but you know what? You're right, Lynn. I think he still would win. That's how uh, corrupt New Jersey is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me give you my movie, uh, Planet of the Apes. Okay, tell me why. Statue of Liberty, the guy we have voted for. All right, very good. Yeah, Planet of the Apes does have a uh, a good ending. Yeah, that's, uh, that scene's really good. Henry, yeah, have you seen any on Twitter? I don't know. You're probably not. Dan usually does it on my Twitter. At Dom Show twelve ten. If you see any good ones that kind of uh, hit the pot here, let me know. Uh, but as we've been uh, going through this, that is a good one. the The ending um, is, and it doesn't have to be a lot of dialogue. All right, I don't know about this one, and this is the greatest film in history. I don't know if I could say the ending of this next one though is among the greats. Mike in Newtown. Hey, Mike. Good afternoon. Tell me about your film. Hey, Dom, how you doing? Good. Good. I think the ending of The Godfather 2 is great. Listen, they're all, the family comes back together. They're sitting around. They're waiting for uh, Vito Carleone. They're going to wish him a surprise, happy birthday. And you got, you know, James Kahn back. You got uh, Alfredo's back. And you got even, uh, even Telly comes back. And they're all sitting around and they're discussing Mike's future, Michael's future. And he says to uh, Tom Hayden, Tom Hayden says to him, listen, you know, me and your father talked about, you know, your future. And he goes, you talked to my father about my future? Yeah. And then you, have, then you have Sonny saying, you know, calling Michael like he's an idiot for wanting to go to college. And then Fredo reaches over to shake his hand. And you see James Conn reaches over and just slaps it away from him, you know? You just couldn't yeah, make so, that up. Yeah, I was forgetting scene. the flashback part of it. That's what you're getting at versus oh, the very ending. Yeah, so the, fla- the flashback is, uh, is a good device. You agree with me, Godfather's? The best film in history, uh, Godfather yes, Two, I do. definitely better Absolutely. than Godfather One. Absolutely, uh, yeah, I think I got. I think Godfather Two is better than Godfather oh, yes. One. I do, without a doubt. We've already yes. settled that. That's a, a, it's like the <laughs> yeah. Ten Commandments, Henry. You differ on that. I d- I do like the first Godfather better. Reason? I, I I don't know. I just found that one more satisfying, especially the ending to that one. I mean, the door shutting and everything. I mean. Uh, yeah, well, Godfather 1 has the grand sweep of it, the grandeur, the bigness of it. Mm-hmm. But Godfather 2 has the actual roots of the development uh, of the entire thing. Uh, Jim and I kind of agree, though. The best scene in The Godfather is Michael and uh, Marlon Brando talking about what they want for their family and right. moving forward. The music swells up underneath it. Yeah, I get chills thinking of that one. And Brando! I was with the food around here. Kid comes up to me in a white jacket, got me a Ritz cracker and a chopped liver. He's chopped liver. He doesn't say what. Damn, I want to God. Bring out the peppers and sardines. That's an underrated. Watch for this on the abortion front, though. Uh... It takes up a lot of media. It drowns out. It, it helps progressives deflect from illegal immigration, inflation, etc. The media loves covering this story. You will see local news all next week. As soon as uh, CBS Walgreens 
putting this out. Dom Giordano show. So uh, yesterday, President Biden, you know, the guy needs constant fodder. He can't get through more than a sentence or two. Pivots to not talking about the border. But here's what he said about climate yesterday at the border. This is cut eight. And he talked about Neanderthal friends who don't get climate change like this brilliant man does. Cut eight. I've flown over a lot of these wildfires since I've been president. Matter of fact, I've been a helicopter in the west and the southwest and northwest, flown over more land burned to the ground, all the vegetation gone, than this entire state of Maryland in square footage. The idea there's no such thing as climate change. I love that, man. I love some of my Neanderthal friends uh, who still think there's no climate change. Well, my administration is going to keep building on the progress we've made fighting climate crisis, and we're going to keep help folks rebuild themselves in the wake of these disasters. And we. Re- All right. So uh, Biden telling us we're Neanderthals, among other things. And what does that have to do with the border? What was the pivot, the connection here? Not very much. He brought on the split screen. He knew Trump was going to the border yesterday, and yet they still sent him. And as I said, Look, I know he apparently has arthritis, but um, Dan picked up on this when he was running in 2020. It wasn't just the cognitive stuff. It was the inability, just the feebleness that's involved here. And when you have this guy walking a couple blocks or whatever with other people, it looks like, oh, my God. So why would you do that? All right, what else are you going to do? Are you going to put him in the basement? And people were saying, well, take a look at this, can't handle interviews, etc. You don't put them out there, though, on a split screen with Trump there at the border. Based on what? People are going to see that. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send them to Brownsville. Nobody comes through there. There won't be any incident. <sighs> what it must be like to be a handler of any number of political people you know, to try to keep them out of trouble because they're they're so abnormal or they're so prone to gaps and just anything can happen. You you can't anticipate. Why does Biden, what is the cognitive tick that doesn't allow him either to just stand in the background after he's done talking or get off the stage? They probably have told him, get off the stage either side. It doesn't matter. Just walk off the stage if probably, you want to walk. He probably can't even remember that direction. Just get off the stage. He probably yeah. doesn't remember that much. Yeah, and Trump mocked him the other day, Henry, and he did that thing where he goes like this. He goes yeah. into this. Like he's waiting for somebody to tell him where to go. And a bunch of people are probably screaming one way or another. And then they're sitting there like this. And I bet they have meetings around the clock about how to handle this. And that's how bad he is. That's the best they can come up with, which... Now, will he seem that bad during the State of the Union? No, as long as the teleprompter doesn't, you know, well, mess up for a little bit. They'll hop him up on something, too. You, you yeah, there, there is probably some, uh, here's a little Adderall is yeah. what I would suspect. There's a five-hour energy for you, the, Joe. Yeah, they'll, uh, they'll cut it short. It's all scripted. You have the moment, and you have that Democrat just, uh, just yeah. jump up doing that. You have all that put together. You have people, Kamala Harris in the back, standing up and cheering and everything. So you can get through something like that. Uh, it's easier than just being out there on the cuff. And some of the stuff that he has said, even from a teleprompter, is unintelligible. 
Notice how short it is, too. I don't even know if he actually spoke, other than that clip we played you, more than a minute and a half to two minutes. But here's the Reverend Al Sharpton. This is cut 11. He knows what to do. Blame Trump for the border. And that's why Biden has to deal with it. But as as we look at that, we must remember, <clears throat> Anon, that we had a record uh, under President Trump of what happened at the border. The uh, crisis at the border started under Trump, which he did not uh, resolve in any way. We never saw the wall that he promised that Mexico was going to pay for. Uh, we saw children separated from their parents uh. in cages. I remember I went down there. I even did Morning Joe from uh, the border. And the first lady came down, uh, Milano Trump with this uh, jacket on it. Everybody. How do we forget that there was a border crisis under Trump that Trump did not solve, that Biden inherited, and now he's trying to solve what was not solved by his predecessor? All right. Uh, the answer to that is Trump did solve it. You don't like the solution, though. His solution was you're not getting into the country. You're going to stay in Mexico. They want so-called comprehensive, which means we're going to let people overrun us. That's their solution to it. Who wants that? Not just progressives like uh, Al Sharpton, the Wall Street Journal, the Catholic Church, all those non-government outfits that get billions of dollars to shepherd people around the country. Our enemies want it. Mexico wants it. So, you know, as we head into the weekend, take a moment of pause. And I try to say this often on the whole immigration thing and realize, despite all that, they have wounded us, but they haven't won. And this election is about settling that and stopping that for now so that we've won again. I know that seems like small comfort to some people. Well, what do you mean they're going to do it, try to keep on doing it again? Yes, you've unlocked the secret of this show. Every day that you wake up, enough progressives in this country are going to try to destroy, not liberals, but progressives. They're going to try to destroy traditional America. That's what it's about. And you have a choice. Give in or be energized by the fact that you're part of people that are aware and are fighting back. And when there's a victory, like with the whales, and when you see Phil Murphy have to resort to taunting and lame jokes that nobody gets, then you know you're doing the right thing. All right, Dom's Money Melody uh, coming up. Some great calls uh, lined up. And uh, in addition to that, I want to tell you about Hunter Biden yesterday. What did Hunter Biden say? I looked at the transcript in his testimony. All straight ahead on Talk Radio 1210. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Philadelphia's Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's Dom time. Now, Dom Giordano. It is Dom time, 855-839-1210. I've been following this, and I can only say so much about it, but I'll put the stake in the ground, sort of, what I can say. A lot going on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen this or not, Henry. If you follow Meek Mill, we do, because he said some things that apparently are a little bit uh, 
anti the Democrat establishment. He's sort of like some of the stuff with Trump. Have you seen some of that? I have, yes. Yeah. And now there are allegations. I don't even want to say what they're about because I it's, it's too raw here of, of something. Yeah. And they're involving big time figures that are either rappers or just as a broad term, whatever their genre of music is, and Meek Mill. And he's been going nuts about this and putting biblical stuff and all that. Well, the allegation is maybe Josh Shapiro might have called him and asked him to delete some of this stuff really? around that. Somebody just sent it to me. Yeah. Now. Proving that and the whole thing. I'm just saying there's something going on here with Meek Mill, and it must have people concerned because I think of the original stuff with Meek Mill. Imagine if Meek Mill, I'm not saying endorsed, or I'm not even saying his endorsement would be as big as Taylor Swift as far as power or whatever. And you have to realize there are people that still don't believe in endorsements. I get it. It's chic and conservative talk radio to say that. Uh, endorsements don't work where the person says, I'm now going to vote for Henry because um, Robert of Ben Salem's on the line. He endorsed Henry. Okay. doesn't work quite that way. All right. But there, the, the politicians go after this stuff because it gives them something to continue to keep the energy up, the campaign and all that. And if Meek Mill sort of endorsed Trump, I think you'd have a lot of oxygen taken out of the media for days. If Taylor Swift endorses Biden, you know, I think that's going to count. So, um, Henry, uh, yeah, this last part about Josh Shapiro, wanting, you can see why he might want to get involved here with Meek Mill, yeah. given how vitriolic this is. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. Meek Mill's having a bit of a PR crisis because of this whole yeah, lawsuit yeah, exactly. coming now. So, yeah. 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 Interesting and, how he steps in. Yeah. And I think there's that element of him being more, I don't even know if I'd say conservative, but something mm -hmm. like that. All right. Let's go to the aforementioned Robert in Ben Salem. Hey, Robert, afternoon and uh, several people hitting me on social media saying you're a contender for caller of the year already. They're they're putting really? they want they want to know the odds on this. They want me to have FanDuel look into this with you and Earl and the others. Uh, well, we'll have to wait for Dan to come back because he's the expert on the parlays, I think. And <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I ought to get on Twitter. I wasn't on Twitter last time, so I didn't even get to vote for myself. But I ah. always have fun anyway, so it good. doesn't matter. Good. So. Good. <laughs> I wanted to give kudos to the Delaware Supreme Court for doing what our corrupt Supreme Court failed to do because it is the same constitutional provision that says any changes to election law have to be done through the amendment process, not by statute. Yeah, and, and, and Robert, twice. to that point, though, I would try to egg them on. We're going to try to get Cutler on to talk about this. I know how much election integrity the Republican leader in Harrisburg, Mark Levin, said they got to throw down with the Pennsylvania Supreme Court because we know that Supreme Court is corrupt and is not going to uh, stand down. They got to make a constitutional crisis that goes to the U.S. Supreme Court. And it's a shame because we could have fixed it a little bit with this last election, which the Republican establishment gave us no assistance on. So, again, we're dealing with the Scottish nobles. But um, it's a beautiful Friday, and I want to move on. And uh, my answer to the side question is The Count of Monte Cristo. It is the longest book I've ever read. It is also the most delicious tale 
of revenge that you will ever read. The book was better than the movie. And at the end of the movie where the guy that he's taking revenge on, he gives him the option to shoot himself as opposed to go to jail like he did. And when the guy goes to shoot himself, there's nothing in the gun. And the count says, did you think I'd let you off that easy as a car takes him off the prison? Great movie, Dom, and a great show, and you guys have a great weekend. Thank you, uh, Robert. Uh, I don't know that, surprisingly, Dan. I have not, uh, 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 I've not seen The Count of Monte Cristo. I, I'm I familiar with the story, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't, you seen, haven't seen the, the film. Either, no. Yes, I'm familiar with the story, though. Then there's my own film, where in the end, uh, I say to Larry Krasner, no, you can still remain a lawyer, even though you're out, Larry. I'm going to let you have that. Oh, boy, that, that's still number one on the uh, to-do list. We'll see if we get Cutler on, though. Uh, I'll give you the number, Henry, for him on Monday because uh, he did go wild yesterday uh, around this election task force with um, Josh Shapiro, which is calling in the military and the feds and uh, Philadelphia cops. And he's saying, you're not going to stop people from voting. Who's stopping people from voting? The Russians, uh, Josh? We're concerned with you stopping poll watchers, your party. I mean, what what evidence is there of the Republican Party having any ability to stop anyone in Philadelphia from doing anything? There's a lot of evidence of what the Democrat Party has, though. Uh, Jim in East Tarsdale's on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Jim, welcome in. Hey, Dom, how you doing? Listen, you already touched on this. Um, the, the, this, this guy Murphy and, and the president yesterday saying, you know, we're Neanderthals, and they all do it, Shapiro. They they talk down to us and they insult us. They're just trying to get a reaction out of us, you know, and it's just, it's sickening. It's really, it's really annoying. Well, they, they, have, they have gotten a reaction, and the reaction is that Trump won in 2016. I didn't think, Jim, I would ever see a Republican win Pennsylvania again. You know, and uh, Rich were on. Right. Rich and I were on that night. We're saying, "Don't jinx it! Don't jinx it!" Late uh, developments might right. come in, yeah. because they hadn't won since what uh, was it? Now, uh, Bush Junior came close in '88, right. and before that, I guess Reagan did. Reagan win Pennsylvania? I think he did. He did, yeah. But I think they're trying to to to, to bring out a more violent reaction from somebody. Which they're they're trying to provoke people into some kind right, of right. And, and our know. our our message. I get your point. Our message has to be to have people fired up in a nonviolent way. In a nonviolent uh, way. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Scott Presler put it out this week. This guy is gold, Jim. He said that he has he just got 1.5 million people on Twitter. If every one mm-hmm. of the people that follow him, because some of it's nationwide would just get five people to wake up, to vote, to register, to mail-in ballot. Right. We'd win this election in the swing states relatively easily. That's how we have to think. Well, you know what, Dom? I am going to do the mail-in ballot this year for the first time in my life. I'm absolutely going to do that. And um, I, 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 I strongly suggest everyone out there listening should do that as well. Well, you know what? You know, um, um, uh, here's the dilemma for me, Jim, and maybe you ha- I commend you for doing that. I know that I'm going to be there on Election Day, but since mm-hmm. we're talking about mail-in balloting, something about me voting in person is magical. I think I'm going to do it this year, too, simply because it's 100% certitude versus I could be hit by lightning and I have to crawl to the election thing <laughs> and vote, which would happen, but, you know, 
I might not make it. The last 10 yards, Democrats could be blocking me at the door. You can't vote. You were hit by lightning. I'll drag you through, Tom. Okay. Right. <laughs> What's your film, Jim? Hey, my film? Oh, first of all, I want to tell you, I went to Captain Chucky's last week, and I was back again today. The place is great, up on Home Avenue. Oh, Fantastic that's one there. of the new ones. Yes. Yep. yes. In the heart oh, of I Philadelphia. Yep. Right in my wheelhouse. I'm like a half, I'm like two miles away from my house. I'm right there. So anyway, um, my movie is uh, The Bedford Incident. Um, Richard Widmark, Sidney Portier, uh, Dano from um, Hawaii Five-0. Uh, Wally Cox is a great movie. Uh, it was about um, Richard Wimark was a, uh, um, a guy, a missile cruiser captain, and he had his crew so amped up all the time, 24-7, and they were pursuing a Russian submarine off of Greenland. Now, he was messing with the submarine the whole time, like trying to ram it. Um, so they get down to the last scene in the movie, and they got the submarine cornered. So Wimark says, oh, I'm the missile. So Dano was on the missile control panel. So he's like, missiles are armed. And he's like all jumpy and nervous. And Richard Whitmore's like, calm down. Sidney Poitier is like yelling at the captain, you're not going to fire a missile at them, are they? And Whitmore goes, well, if they fire one, I'm going to fire one. Dano hits the button, fire one. The uh, missile goes flying uh, over to the Russian submarine, goes into the water, explodes. 30 seconds later, the guy on the sonar is going, oh, my God. The captain's like, what's wrong? Is there... There's four nuclear torpedoes heading for our ship. And at the end of the movie, all you saw was a mushroom cloud. And that was it. Beautifully it was put. Flick. Beautifully put. Thank you, Jim. The Bedford incident. Yeah, I know that one. Very, very good choice. Uh, that was sort of reprised in um, Denzel as the executive officer with uh, Gene Hackman. Two of them together. What a battle of wills. Is it the Alabama or no? No. What? Well, I've seen the film several times. I think it was Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide, yes. Roll Tide. Yeah, and uh, Hackman is potentially wrong, and Denzel's kind of right in the end, but what a battle. And uh, James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano, plays like a very weaselly character, but a main one. All right, right now, though, before we get any more calls, it is time for... It is Dobbs Money Melody. Where's all the money gone? Yes, that's right. We're playing for a pair of tickets to the 8th annual Bucks Blues Explosion on April 5th at the Zlock Performing Arts Center on the campus of Bucks County Community College in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For tickets and more information, it's simple. Visit bucks.edu slash tickets. All right, Henry, what do you have today? Okay, so we're doing famous movie endings today. So uh, what is the name of this all-time great song that closes out a film sung here in Portuguese? Oh, Dan, resorting to that. Okay. Are you a fan of that film? I think it's good. Oh, I am. The ending and that and stuff yeah. and that is unbelievable. I'm a big fan of it. I'm surprised you are because it's kind of dated. It is dated. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't love it. Like, I didn't, okay. like, as high as the ratings were, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is that good. But it's a good movie. Let's hear it one more time and we're looking for the song, right? Yes. Okay. Este seu jeito de me abraçar. 
Este seu jeito de olhar pra mim. All right, hit us with that, and you're off to the Zlock, and you got a, a chip in the big game here. You're a winner. 855-839-1210. That's how you do it. Hey, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Pick a pre-made bet from the app that you could put 5 bucks on. Uh, you can also uh, create your own. Look at the things that you can do. Quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And I really like the FanDuel app because uh, FanDuel.com makes it so easy to use. Uh, FanDuel uh, Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHC. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Yet to be 21-plus present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Dom. Money Melody. Show me the money. That is exactly right. All right, Dan, striking from uh, Mexico, left this behind, or he sent it overnight in the middle of margaritas or something. Uh, it's covered in Portuguese. What is the name of this famous song? Let's hear it. Este seu jeito de me abraçar. Este seu jeito de olhar para mim. All right. Um, I think uh, I could tell the difference a little bit between Portuguese and Spanish. It's an enunciation thing. I know it's not that different, though. Can you? No. All right. I was not, I was not a very good Spanish uh, student in high school. Okay. You could say I had French, and I just remember uh, Ue La Post Office. Okay, let's go to John in Ben Salem on Talk Radio 1210. John, what's the name of that song? Oh, Dom, I believe it's The Sound of Silence. Yes, it is. All right, I will put you on hold, John. Dan goes down and flames again. <laughs> Maybe he has to put it in Swahili or something more difficult. The Portuguese did not make it. All right, so John's the winner. He's headed off to the 8th Annual Bucks Blues Explosion, April 5th at the Zlock Performing Arts Center on the campus of Bucks County Community College. By the way, it's nice to know that we are in spring right now. I, I think you can tell a lot by a person... If they go, what, is it usually March 22nd or some date like that when spring officially starts or 21st? Yeah. Something. So the equi- I think the equinox is the 23rd? Okay, 23rd. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, why wait till then psychologically, even if it's a bit chilly and all that? Isn't it better to observe this? And we finally made it through winter. Yes. That's the best way to do it. I, I'm in full agreement with you there. I mean, we got like right. spring training coming on. Like yes. spring training. It's in the name. It already started. There you go. Right. And there's Just... only one week until we go forward and it gets darker later. That's it. Go. That's the signal. Well, no, the biggest signal in spring are to see usually females. I observe. I take the drive, especially that day where like a butterfly, the cocoon is off. They're in running gear along the drive. That's a sign of yeah. spring. More than the Phillies, yes. That hasn't happened fully yet, but let's have another 60-degree day. All right, 855-839-1210. Got a great side question. Hit us with an all-time movie ending. Richard has one that I know. The whole last, oh, at least eight to ten minutes of this film are beyond belief. 
including, I, I don't even know if the ending, though, the very ending, is better than the six minutes before. But, Richard, uh, what's that film? That is Dr. Strangelove. My favorite part is where Slim Pickens hops on top of the bomb trying to open the bomb beard bomb doors and goes flying down with the bomb. And then it all yeah, explodes and yeah. the atomic bomb goes off. Well, I think it's in the war room. They're fighting in the war room with the Russian ambassador who's there. Is uh, And um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, oh, George C. Scott. Yeah. Uh, playing uh, the crazed general. The general, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is... Uh, I think it's a play on board. Look at the big board. Yeah, they, exactly, yeah. How about when he uh, says if people haven't seen Dr. Strangelove, could he get through? And he goes, you're damn right he could get through. And then he catches himself. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's really, really good. you got to see that. A big jet flying over a hen house right in there. Oh, my God. Uh, and who is the uh, bombardier? You know, well, Richard, it's Slim Pickens, isn't it? Or, no, he's a pilot. I'm not sure who it was. One uh, of the, the greatest voices in history, Henry. Are you looking it up? Do you see who it is? Yeah, I'm not sure I know the James name. Earl Jones? James Earl Jones. Oh. Yes, I James Earl Jones. That. Yeah. Very yeah. young, very young James Earl Jones. I just watched this like two weeks ago, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch it again. You'll see that. Yeah. Richard, that is a very good one. We'll put you down for that. Uh, by the way, the White House taking some heat, they deserve more. They, uh, in one of the, um, the compre- so-called comprehensive border legislation in the Senate, remember that? The bill includes $1.4 billion asked for from the White House for cities and states who are providing critical services to newcomers. Newcomers. That's what we're calling illegal immigrants. Newcomers. In the uh, language of the White House, of course, uh, yesterday, Hunter Biden testified behind closed doors and uh, Biden, A, talked about the fact this phone call with his father, the big guy uh, chatting up our uh, enemies in the um, shakedown mechanism of Hunter Biden. Remember that? He said, well, you always take the call. My father almost lost my brother and I and me, and lost our mother. So in the Biden family, you always take the call. That's why Joe Biden was on that call. He also delved deeply into his addiction, uh, and he said um, that Hunter Biden talked about his addiction and said that, well, many times with all of your charges, particularly with Gates, he did this apparently, I was either um, high or I was drunk. That, that's going to be the defense here. Yet, even though he was a coke addict, he was able to get all this money by bringing something to the table with Burisma and these other outlets. And finally, he talked about no matter what the Republicans do to try to get me off my sobriety, because they know how that would damage my father, I realized that democracy is at stake here. This family is the ultimate family of grifters, and they've done this all of their lives. Here's a quote. Hunter Biden said, in our family, when you have a call, I call him or he calls me or I call one of my, his grandkids or any of my children, you always pick up the phone. It's something that we always do because of the family tragedy and the phone call the father got. 
This is what Biden has done his whole life. And Hunter Biden's just exhibiting it, weaponizing. You know, anytime he gets into a tight spot, now he's not going to uh, try for the, we're told, the family of Lake and Riley because they won't talk with him. It would be embarrassing if that got out. But uh, anytime he has to interact, what does he do? He weaponizes the death of Bo Biden, for example, constantly. As soon as you hear him going to, I know how you feel. And I don't know that that's what people want to hear in that situation in ordinary life. I think you got to be very careful that that's not seen as self-serving just to get out of what you may have done here that caused this, your policies or lack of protecting us at the border. All right, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. I think the big story this week, and I've read a lot of stuff on this, is the Supreme Court looking at this absolute immunity situation with Trump. I don't think they're going to say the president has absolute immunity in any way, shape, or form. But I think they think it's a serious question and that the lower courts, in an effort, politically, lawfare, to get at Trump, bypass this and too easily the circuit court in Washington, the appeals court, in order to get at Trump, just dismiss this when there's a real question constitutionally and practically, what kind of immunity does the president have? At any time this immunity comes up, the best way I can explain it with the president might be why police officers have qualified immunity, and they should. Because if you don't have that, any criminal attorney, any suspect, any kind of beef, you could be sued forever. And that's all that you would do to a cop, let alone a president. So qualified immunity doesn't mean a cop can do whatever they want. But it means you can't use nuisance, nuisance, crank, I just want money to go away, complaints in order to hamstring a police department. Same thing with the president. So I think the Supreme Court legitimately, now you could argue, you know, this uh, theory of what immunity does a president have, yeah, Dom, that's important. But they ought to stand down on that since the country needs to know the legal status of President Trump, okay? And I'm the one that always says that the Supreme Court doesn't get involved enough in the election of 2020. They take too long in these things. I realize these are weighty matters, but I would agree that I think these things are that important. This election is critical. And Exactly what's going to happen with President Trump is certainly critical in this. What's going to happen in Atlanta? I will be surprised if Fannie Willis is able, along with Wade, certainly, the boyfriend. I will be surprised. I'm looking at the closing arguments as we speak today that she's able to prosecute this case. And if she cannot, it's really going to throw a big wrench into this. I don't think Trump has to worry about that in Atlanta. As far as uh, the Alvin Bragg coming up, it's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be Stormy Daniels all over again. But as far as significant impact on voters, I don't see it. The January 6th case, you can make the argument that that will get tried. Will the Justice Department say, no, it's too close to the election? 
It depends on where it drops. If it drops in August, it could get tried. And that would be a huge impediment. All right, 855-839-1210. You get on board. Let me remind you, we had a call um, from uh, East uh, Torsdale uh, about uh, Captain Chucky's, the one over there on Home Circle nearby. Well, they're all over the place, and this is a great time of the year for crab cakes and seafood and Captain Chucky's because Lent is here, college basketball viewing party madness, St. Patrick's Day, Easter coming up soon, March 31st. Easter is in March this year. Get all of your seafood needs and more taken care of with just one phone call. Captain Chucky's Crab Cake Company. Place those orders right now or stop in. And this is uh, a big time, too, for they've rolled out a great product now, the brand new Bang Bang Jumbo Lump Crab Cake. If you love crab cakes as I do, you have to try it. I loved it. Ro has it on her list every week. Have to have it. And this is the perfect time, too, to check out all of Captain Chucky's offerings, delicious stuff, mushrooms, various salads, tremendous variety of homemade sides. Captain Chucky's always says several choices of breaded, non-breaded crab cakes. There's literally a crab cake for everybody. Dessert, soup, sides, appetizers. They use only the highest quality ingredients. Their golf shrimp, huge hit now. You have people coming over, you're doing something, Easter, whatever, get that. Also, the Dom Roll. You can't go wrong. Pick up a few Dom Rolls when you go every week. Visit Captain Chucky's today. There's a location near you. The website, welovecrabcakes.com. We love crabcakes.com. All right, Dom Giordano's show. Great side question today. Just saw it on Twitter. Best ending in a film. We got a lot of contenders. By the way, this story breaking, Jose Uribe. Well, I thought that somebody named that played in the big leagues pleaded guilty in a federal court on Friday for conspiracy to commit bribery, tax evasion, obstruction of justice, according to The Hill. The New Jersey lawmaker has vowed to fight the felony charges and refused to resign from his Senate seat. That is a reference to Bobby Menendez, who this businessman, this Jersey businessman who apparently has just pleaded guilty, is giving his gave his wife and Mercedes Ben has pleaded guilty in the corruption case. The terms of the plea agreement with the government have not been unveiled, but could further jeopardize Benendez's defense if he chooses to cooperate. Meaning Jose Uribe, uh, he was first indicted on two charges last year. So Menendez still in the race, sort of, but it's Tammy Murphy against uh, Kim. Yes. Uh, uh, as far as the baseball player goes, were you thinking of uh, Juan Uribe? No, I think there was a Jose Uribe. Was there a Juan, too? Yeah, Juan was a couple-time All-Star. I remember. I liked him. Yeah, I, big, I know Uribe was, um, and I thought there was a Uribe who was very good and then in the old country got caught up with a machete. Oh. Yeah, so I uh, think so. Up. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's been several. It's a fairly common name. All right, so I thought it was Jose. It could have been Juan. You, yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, let's go to um, Dave, and Dave is in Jersey on Talk Radio twelve ten. Hey, Dave, afternoon. Hey, how you doing, Dom? Good, Dave. Oh, they took they took that law to protect the cops away in New York City. I didn't. Yeah, that's you know fairly that? recently. I, I think within the last year and a half or two years. I think you're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why nobody gets locked up in New York anymore. Yeah, because every time you would engage in that, you're open to a lawsuit, a threat of a lawsuit, and uh, that would be on you personally, not just the city of New York. Yeah, and you you basically ruin your life just in the lawyer fee. Yeah, well, you know, people here in Philadelphia, cops here, they look at it and they go, do I want Larry Krasner coming after me? Because, you know, he can do it on the taxpayer dime. What am I going to do? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, Krasner, he's a crook anyway. They should, they should get rid of him. I don't know what you guys are thinking out there. Well, um, that's why with presidents, but you can imagine the number of cranks are out there. A president during four years would have upwards of 100,000 lawsuits against him, maybe a quarter of a million lawsuits. You can imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what would happen. Yep. That's why the founding fathers saw this. What's your film that you like the ending, Dave? Well, I like, uh, out of Eastwood, I like the good and the bad and the ugly. When he puts the the ugly on the cross and leaves the money for him Mm -hmm. with the hangman's noose around his neck and drives up the road and shoots the rope out for him. Yeah, that is a pretty good uh, Eastwood ending. By the way, I saw something today. Is Clint Eastwood living in Pennsylvania now? It wouldn't surprise me. I thought he was Mr. Malibu. He was a mayor there in Malibu. Was he really? Yeah. Huh. I don't think it was Beverly Hills. I think it was Malibu. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see him. I came back at the convention when he pretended Obama was sitting in the empty chair there. I have a feeling it didn't quite reverberate in the way that he wanted. It was an interesting ploy. Uh, Let's go to attorney. Tom and Rosemont on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Tom, afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Dom. So my choice for the side question, I'm starting off behind the eight ball here because you hate all the actors. But here's the deal. Tom Hanks and Matt Damon in Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks is dying, which you probably approve. <laughs> and he says to Matt Damon, earn this. Then we Go forward in time. Matt Damon is at the cemetery in Normandy, which you will be touring. And he turns to his wife and as he's gotten older and says, have I been a good man? So, Dom, if you are not moved by that, you have ice water in your veins. <laughs> I am. Look, I just said that Tom Hanks is a bit overrated. I never criticized him. And I happen to think Ben Affleck is pretty good in that. And that's tough for me. Well, it's Matt Damon, but I, I know what you're saying. No, no, no. Affleck <laughs> is in it, too. Affleck is playing the cocky guy from Brooklyn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, they got them together. So there you go. But I, all right, well, I, I've put in my uh, closing argument, and I will wait for the jury. Hey, uh, while I have you here, I mean, I'm not sure if it's your area of law. How do you see the Fannie Willis case uh, coming out as far as potentially disqualifying her? Just just the weight of how something like that goes, do you think, Tom? Dom, from what I've looked at, uh, you would fail moot court if you tried as a lawsuit. It is such an appearance of impropriety. I, I can't believe they weren't dumb enough, that they were so dumb that they even tried to push it and defend it. Yeah, that's I'm the way. He should be removed. I mean, the appearance yeah. of impropriety is, is outrageous. Yeah, it is. Well, you know what happens? Well, you see this every day. And what you, I, just as a broad comment, when you're inside that bubble, though, you know, and you're in a place, I've, we've seen it the best, Tom, in Philadelphia. 
I often ask people like Seth Williams and these others, you know, were convicted. What are you thinking? Well, they think everybody's okay because the other Democrats in Philadelphia are okay. They forget about the federal government who's not okay with what they're doing. And we end up with this stuff. Absolutely, Don. But now you're pushing into my billable time. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tom. So enjoy your weekend. Thank Thanks. you. You too. That's a good one. Saving Private Ryan. Yes, I, I'm, I'm not anti-Tom Hanks. I just don't think he's any Denzel Washington. I get it. He's every man. He's done that type of stuff. Uh, most recently in uh, Elvis, he was great as the colonel. Was he? he did a I, really heard, good I mean, I feel I haven't seen the movie, but I feel like everyone who's seen that movie is like Tom Hanks ruined it. Oh, I don't see it that. That's not an easy role to carry. He didn't go overboard in doing it. He didn't overplay it. He didn't make him totally malevolent or anything. I thought he captured what I think is, you know, Elvis was complicit in his own demise, too. Oh, you know? of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Guy who played Elvis, though. Wow. He's, he's he captured the, the young Elvis. Yeah, Austin Butler. He's in, he's in Dune 2, and apparently he steals the show. So oh, we, we didn't do. Oh, my goodness. We blew right past the uh, 145. So you're seeing Dune 2. Tonight. Can someone see Dune 2 without seeing Dune 1? Uh, you probably would be a little confused. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd understand, you know, it's a power struggle uh, between a guy who's lost, you know, his planet, his uh, his father, the, you know, the king. They're not the king, I should say. Uh, the ruler, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and everything. And he has to live amongst the desert people and kind of earn their trust and lead them against the big, you know, imperial bad guys. So and you don't understand a, that much. It's a three-hour film? Yeah, two, oh. two hours, 45 minutes. And so was the first one. I watched the first one again last night to get me, you know, psyched Okay. Up. Uh, I loved Oppenheimer, and I know as much about that as I know about anything. Mm-hmm. And even I have to say the three hours there was uh, a lot. I, I just would caution people to go nuts with the amount of time they put into it. Yeah. Anthony tells me with Dune 2, though, it's worthy because that's how much you'd have to make two other films if yeah. you didn't put it in the Like when yet. David Lynch made it back in 1984, it's right. it's a bomb because it's it's only two hours long and he tried to fit everything in and it's just terrible because All of right. that. Over under box office, does it do like 100 so million? It's supposed to, the opening weekend, it's supposed to do, I think, a buck 70. Wow. Yeah. If it does that, is that the biggest in like the last? It, 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 a while since the Marvel movies, I'd say. And who's the audience for Dune? Is it? Um... Uh, I mean, people who have read the novel, sci-fi fans generally, and it's it's a lot of action. And like I've like I said yesterday, Denis Villeneuve, the director, right. I think he's a phenom. He hasn't missed once in any of his movies. Uh, if you're a fan of movies, you, you're gonna want to see this guy. Would you take a female on not the first date, but a number of dates to see Dune too? <sighs> Is it my first time seeing it? Yeah. No, because yeah, I'd, okay. I'd probably geek out too hard. <laughs> that was a very clever answer. Yeah. I had a guy once say, yes, called Lou Gall when he was our movie guy and said to us, well, I took her to see Silence of the Lambs on the first date. <laughs> oh, man. The woman ought to excuse herself. Get out of there. That guy's got a knife somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Something's happening. Yes. All right. It is the lightning round next, and then we will crown. Henry will pick out of the hat a winner this week. It's been a wild week with the side question. 855-839-1210. The time has come for the final test. Uh, we usually call it the lightning round. 
Yes, we do. And then we put them all into the hat, and that $50 gift card goes at WeLoveCrabCakes.com. Thank you, Captain Chucky. Let's go to Bruce in the Northeast on Talk Radio 1210. Bruce, what's yours today? Hey, Dom. Happy Friday. I think uh, Eastwood was Carmel. Was he the mayor of Carmel? Oh, was Carmel? Yeah, that was Oh, it, okay. Yeah. I get just, just, Yeah, I just crossed right my mind. Shares the, the mayor of Malibu. She once told me she was calling from her Malibu estate to pitch yeah. John Kerry. It was not a good move. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all these movie endings, you know, you have to imagine you're seeing it for the very first time, and you don't know what's going to happen uh, to get the full impact. But, like, in the movie, my pick was Robert Redford in The Natural, and, you know, it was just very suspenseful to the very end, and, uh, of course, it came out a happy ending, but... Well, hitting the lights, that light spewing down and people cheering. Yeah. The real yeah. ending after it is anti-dramatic, catching with the sun, I guess. But the, the big yeah. thing, you know in the book, right, he strikes out. That's what I heard. And I heard that um, it was loosely based on uh, Mickey Mantle, uh, some of it. Uh, I think so. I think that's right. All right. Um, uh, maybe squeeze one more in here. The Earl of Tacconi. Earl, what's yours today? Let me tie the whole show together for you. You took off The Untouchables. You mentioned Dino De Laurentiis, who produced it. You love the soundtrack, which was written by Ennio Morricone, who also won the Oscar for my movie, which is The Hateful Eight. Um, but um, Morricone also wrote for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. But uh, the Hateful Eight soundtrack actually was rejected music from the remake of The Thing, which also has a decent ending. But in The Hateful Eight, um, everybody dies at the end of the movie. Uh, Samuel Jackson and Walton Goggins are lying there dying, and the MacGuffin of the film is that everybody respects Samuel Jackson because he has a letter from Abraham Lincoln. Yes. And at the end, he goes and he reads the letter and realizes the letter's a forgery, and he tears the letter up destroys the MacGuffin of the film, and then they all die. That's a satisfying ending. Yeah. Thank you, Earl. No, The Hateful Eight is pretty good. Samuel I, L. Jack. I mean, they're hateful. I it's, mean, it's the one Tarantino I feel like isn't talked about enough. Yeah, exactly. All right, Henry, uh, who do you think today? Okay. I got a clear winner here, I yeah. think. Oh, clear winner. All right, well, well I'll, maybe I'll not. Tell me what yeah, you yeah. have. So I like Lennon Hamilton's answer of Planet of the Apes. I think that right. shot of right. them looking up the, uh, the Statue right. of Liberty is you know, very powerful. Uh, I liked Richard Somerdale's answer of Dr. Strangelove, maybe a little recency bias, but I thought, you know, I didn't really think a lot of going into that movie, but I really liked that ending, uh, especially, you know, him riding the bomb all yep. the way down and the whole music at the end. Uh, and I thought Tom and Rosemont's answer uh, with Saving Private Ryan, as much as you may not like the actors, the movie's phenomenal. And then, yeah, those last two answers, Bruce in the Northeast with the natural, the lights, you know, sh- coming down on everything, the sparks flying everywhere, and the hateful A with losing the MacGuffin. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing. It's, it's Those are all great. Fans. I kind of lean toward the natural. The natural. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. I like that. That's a satisfying ending all, right. all the way around. Let's put Bruce into the hat mm-hmm. okay. and let's have the big drawing. Well, Henry, just for you. Oh, boy. Go ahead. Read them off. OG <laughs> doing music. All right. So Monday's question. Who's fancy? Michael in the Northeast said the finger rinsing bowl. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tuesday. Uh... What's something that's gone away that you'd like to see come back? Gary in Upper Darby said the pimple ball. I, I don't know what that is, but... Oh, all right. We'll tell yeah. you about that later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> please. Uh, Wednesday, uh, famous number twos all time. Uh, Leslie and Bryn Mawr had jelly <laughs> to the peanut butter. Yes. 
uh, yesterday, who is an instant phenom? Tony and Delco had Alexander the Great. And today, of course, who? what is the all-time movie ending? Bruce in the Northeast with The Natural. And uh, are we having some drums here? Are we? All right, so... That would be Tuesday's winner. Gary and Upper Darby with Pimple Ball. Go uh, figure. All right. And Pimple Ball is a ball that got taken off the market because it released gases when you cut it in half in South Philly and all that. We would play half ball with it, et cetera. It's got pimples on it. Ah. I have one in my desk at home. It's a rare thing. I'm not sure. I hope it's still legal. Yeah, Interesting. Pimple yes. ball. The pimple ball served two purposes. Once all the gas ran out and you yeah. couldn't bounce it anymore, you could take a knife, cut it in half, and then you have a half, half ball. There you go. All right. That's the winner today. We love crabcakes.com. Thanks to Henry uh, for pinch hitting for Dan and Jim, pinch hitting on the board. And both will be back Monday with me. Have a great weekend. Follow on Twitter at DomShow1210. And we'll get a Dune report. We'll see if it tops 150 million plus. We'll definitely, I'm writing this down, Dune report, Dune 2 on Monday. Richie always next to round out the week. Right here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Tom Giordano, weekdays 9 till noon on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.